Greetings and welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. On today's episode, we're going to discuss Breastfeeding Awareness Month and related issues about new moms and healthy babies. Joining us for this conversation is Virginia Senator Jennifer McClellan and Dr. Daphne Bazile-Harrison. Senator McClellan is the mother of two delightful children, an attorney and a distinguished state legislator who champions women's rights, and this year sponsored legislation to formally establish Breastfeeding Awareness Month in the Commonwealth. Dr. Bazile-Harrison is a board-certified OBGYN with Southside Physicians Network who cares for mothers and babies and serves on the medical staff at Southside Regional Medical Center. Welcome to you both, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Julian. So as we mentioned, August is Breastfeeding Awareness Month, and the first week of the month is World Breastfeeding Week. The goal of these awareness campaigns is to promote and support the benefits of breastfeeding. Senator McClellan, as I mentioned, you helped sponsor a successful resolution designating August as Breastfeeding Awareness Month in Virginia. Can you just talk a little bit about what inspired you to pursue that? Sure. So, believe it or not, I am the only member of the House of Delegates to have ever given birth while in office, um, and I did that twice. Uh, and Senator Jill Vogel is the uh, was the only member of the Senate to give birth in office twice. And both of us, um, you know, breastfed, and I personally found it very difficult to get started and came to see how important having support, both, you know, personal support, institutional support, and just making sure that new mothers know they're not alone and that there are resources uh, at their disposal to to help them to breastfeed and help educate on why it's important. Thank you for sharing that background. The debate over feeding newborns breast milk versus formula has been around for years. Some people argue that formula mixtures include nutrients not found in breast milk, yet there's also substantial research indicating that breastfeeding imputes multiple benefits for mothers and babies and can actually reduce mortality risk for newborns and improve health for mothers. From your perspective, Dr. Bazile Harrison, what is the case for breastfeeding? Breastfeeding is probably the best thing a mother can provide to her newborn child. The debate about breast milk not containing all the nutrients that's necessary for the growing baby is simply kind of a myth. It contains probably the best sources of natural antibiotics and antibodies that a mom can pass on to her child, which will protect this newborn not only in the first few days and weeks and months of life, but throughout their life. It's been shown that breast milk decreases the incidences of ear infections and respiratory infections in childhood. It prevents childhood obesity and just promotes health for the growing child. So it sounds like it's clear that there are a lot of benefits here. Senator McClellan, your Breastfeeding Month recognition resolution from this year isn't your first foray into this area of public policy. As you mentioned a moment ago, you hold the distinction as the first person to give birth while in office as a member of the House of Delegates. And as a member of the House in 2015, you sponsored legislation to establish women's rights to breastfeed in public places where the mother is lawfully present. Given that background, what other areas of policy related to breastfeeding or healthy moms and babies might you be looking to address in the future? 
So I also, back in, uh, I think, 2014, had legislation to require school public schools to allow breaks and a non-bathroom location for nursing mothers who either are employees or, or students to be able to pump. And I did that because while there are some protections in federal law for a lot of employees, there are no protections for state employee, many state employees or teachers and many other employees. And so I had a number of teachers express how difficult it was for them to pump while teaching. Uh, one teacher in Stafford County was actually told by her administrator that she needed to retrain her breasts. Many of them had to pump under their desk sort of while kids were in recess. So that legislation was passed. But I think we need to go farther to provide those protections for all employees. Also ensuring that airports and other public places where you have large numbers of people for a significant amount of time do provide a place for women to nurse or to pump. But the big issue I've seen is just an education campaign, because even though we passed that law, both of those laws, one to say you can nurse anywhere you are, mothers are still being told you can't nurse here. And I think making sure that everyone understands what the law is, is just as important as passing more. It's a great point. So that not just enshrining those protections for mothers, but also making sure that public awareness is to a point that people know that the laws exist um, so that mothers have the space they need to do pumping or to do feedings. As you mentioned, Dr. Bazile Harrison, the health benefits for mothers and babies who who breastfeed are are pretty substantial. There's some research that suggests mothers who breastfeed have a decreased risk of breast and ovarian cancer and a decreased risk of postpartum depression, for example. However, breastfeeding isn't always easy for new moms. I know that Southside Regional Medical Center is actually offering a monthly breastfeeding support group to assist new moms who may be struggling. So I wonder, Dr. Bazile Harrison, if you would, can you share some insights about the work that you do as a clinician and that is occurring with this support group at Southside Regional to help new moms with breastfeeding and lactation and related issues? I always draw on my own experience. When I was pregnant, I unfortunately went into labor preterm, so my son was premature when he was born. And even before he was born, I had made the conscious decision that I did want to breastfeed. So having a preemie who then subsequently had to go to the neonatal intensive care unit, that put a little hiccup in the plan of immediately breastfeeding once he was born. So I always tell patients breastfeeding is not easy, but the rewards are great, and it takes a lot of support not only from the facility where you give birth, but your family, your coworkers, and just kind of navigating around those processes so you can be successful at it. At Southside, we hold our monthly classes around breastfeeding, and we tackle all the myths and the taboos that are out in society that kind of put a shame or a black cloud over women breastfeeding. And basically, you know, as some one patient told me, they felt like they were exposing themselves in public, you know, and being stared at because they chose to breastfeed their child. 
we tell them and teach them about latching on and the alternatives to providing breast milk to their newborn child. There are some babies, unfortunately, that don't always latch on, and that usually is a discouraging factor for some moms, and they decide to give up and quit. So we talk about pumping breast milk to provide that supply to the baby at birth and so forth. Well, I want to thank you both for championing this issue. We all love and, and respect and appreciate our mothers. So uh, the work that both of you are doing from a clinical perspective and a policy perspective to create spaces for mothers to breastfeed and to pump and to nurse their, their babies is really important. So thanks to both of you for that. And also thank you for joining us today. Before we let you go, we're going to close with this. It's a question that we ask all of our guests on the Patients Come First podcast. It's one we borrow from a popular BBC program, and the question is this. If you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you? We will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that, what one book, one album, and one movie would you want to help you pass the time? And Senator McClellan, we will toss it to you first. Hard one. Uh, I think the book would be To Kill a Mockingbird. The movie would probably be Gladiator. <laughs> and what was the third one? Um, book, album, and movie. The album would be uh, Princess Purple Rain. Oh. Ah, you got to love the purple one. <laughs> and Dr. Bazile Harrison, what about you? Oh, this hard one. Movie, it... Oh, that's a toss-up. It's the same, probably as a book. To Kill a Mockingbird, the actual movie. Um, book? Oh, there's so many. Um, oh. I'm drawing a blank in a book here. We'll, we'll give you a pass right. if you want to skip to the next one. Yeah, what was the third one? It was book, movie, and album. Oh, yeah, Purple Rain. You got a book, Prince. Well, we've, we've got some uh, uniformity here, which is a good thing. <laughs> Well, with, with that, again, I want to thank you both for joining us today on the podcast, and have a great day. Thank, thank you. Thank you, too. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. You can listen to this episode and previous episodes of the podcast through SoundCloud, Blueberry, or online at www.vhha.com. You can also send us questions, comments, feedback, or suggestions about future podcast episode guests using the email account pcfpodcast at vhha.com 
Again, that address is pcfpodcast at vhha.com. We also encourage you to connect with us on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. You can contact us through Twitter using the hashtag PatientsComeFirst, and our Twitter account is at VirginiaHHA. Thank you. Thank you.